Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, a cow found dead in the RM of Cody, which is based in Camsack, died of anthrax. We'll talk to Dr. Wendy Wilkins, a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is past the three-quarter mark. We'll hear from James Fry. He is the Applied Production Specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Romblin. And ongoing tension between Canada and India is being watched closely by the President and CEO of AGT Foods, Murad Al-Khatib. He'll talk about how that's impacting lentils. All of that coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. No. Welcome back to Saskag Today. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Priestville Salvage. See them for new and used ag parts. Beef and Forage Report. Compared to last week, Western Canadian yearling markets traded two to four dollars on either side of unchanged. Calf markets were steady to five dollars higher on average, with stronger buying interest on preconditioned weaned steer calves. Light calves weighing under 500 pounds appeared to jump 10 to 20 dollars in certain regions. This past week, focus of finishing feedlots switched from yearlings to calves. While there was still strong demand for grass yearlings, major operations were shopping aggressively for larger packages of quality calves. U.S. and Ontario buying interest was also noted in the eastern prairie regions in the lighter weight categories. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. Canada's Federal Transport Department will conduct its own review of U.S. grain giant Bungie's plans to buy and merge with Viterra, with an eye particularly on both companies' stakes in Canadian port terminals. Transport Minister Pablo Rodriguez has announced that his department will review the deal under the mergers and acquisition provisions of the Canada Transportation Act, starting with a public interest assessment, which can run up to 250 days, that is, until June 2, 2024, at the latest. He says the deal is of significant national interest in Canada's transportation sector and the broader supply chain, as both companies hold ownership interests in port terminals across the country. The public interest assessment will include consultations with Canada's ports and marine industry, 
as well as other industry stakeholders, government departments and other levels of government, as well as Canadians generally. As tensions between Canada and India remain very high, the future direction for Canadian lentils continues to be uncertain. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says there's credible evidence collected by Canadian intelligence services pointing to the Indian government allegedly having a role in the murder of Hardeep Singh Najjar. Killed outside of a Sikh temple in Surrey, B.C. on June 18th, Najjar was a Canadian citizen and also a Sikh separatist in support of a Khalistani state independent from India. By the end of July, the Canadian Grain Commission and Statistics Canada recorded exports of lentils to India for 2022-23 were 661,904 metric tons by bulk vessel and by container. That made India the largest of Canada's lentil customers. An unnamed senior Indian government official says India has no plans to restrict imports and New Delhi has not instructed importers to refrain from purchases. Deliveries of most major grains in Canada were higher in August than a year ago, according to Statistics Canada. The federal agency issued its monthly deliveries report yesterday, showing total deliveries last month came to 5.103 million metric tons, up nearly 15% from the previous August. Wheat deliveries, excluding Durham, tallied 2.936 million metric tons last month, rising more than 14% compared to August of 2022. Meanwhile, those for Durham dipped almost 7% from a year ago at 313,576 metric tons, while canola came in at 983,337 metric tons, jumping 29% from August of 2022, Barley fell just over 13% at 407,530 metric tons. Statistics Canada has reported Canada's second-largest August canola crush on record. The 829,490 metric tons of the oilseed processed last month is only bested by the 830,335 metric tons in August of 2020. The July 2023 canola crush set a new all-time record of 961,683 metric tons. Last month's canola crush was 31% more than the previous August. The amount of oil produced at 347,606 metric tons was almost 33% more than in August of 2022. The meal produced at 491,813 metric tons was up 28.4% from a year ago. Meanwhile, Stats Canada found the August soybean crush of 123,651 metric tons was the lowest for the month on record, sliding below the 129,048 metric tons in August of 2021. The federal agency has only recorded the soybean crush since August of 2015. In August of 2023, 23,362 metric tons of oil was produced for a 13.5% decline from the previous August. As well, meal output was down 13.9% at 96,568 metric tons compared to a year ago. And be sure to listen to the latest SAS Gag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford 
in Melville. Please stay tuned. SAS Gang Today will return right after these messages. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and 16 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. A cow found dead in the RM of Cody, which is based in Camsack, died of anthrax. Dr. Wendy Wilkins, a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, has the details. So the dead animal was discovered on pasture on Monday morning uh, by one of the owners. And uh, then they called the vet and the vet was able to do a field test and that test was positive. So we knew this was anthrax within hours of finding the dead animal on pasture. She adds the dead cow might not have been the only victim. Prior to this one being found dead, there were two other recent deaths uh, in the pasture just across the fence, and they weren't able to get a vet out or have those ones tested. Uh, So just by virtue of their proximity, both uh, in location and in time, we consider them suspect. Dr. Wilkins notes anthrax is a bacterial spore that can lay dormant on the ground for years. That's right. When the bacteria is in the animal, it's actually a very wimpy bacteria, and it can be easily killed by antibiotics if you get the antibiotics into the animal while they're still alive. But once the animal is dead or once it starts bleeding out of its nose and other uh, places on its body, those bacteria are in the blood. And once they hit the open air and are exposed to oxygen, they form spores very quickly. Now, as you said, these spores uh, are very hardy. They lay in wait in the soil. They've been known to survive in the soil for 40 or 50 years or even more. She notes anthrax seems more prevalent during dry years. Uh, That is the general thinking, yes. So so what happens is these spores are very buoyant. That means they float in water. So in the spring runoffs or wet times, you'll have water running across the surface of the soil, and it will be carrying any spores uh, that it encounters along the way with it. The water settles into a low place like a slough or a pothole. Uh, And then eventually over time, especially years like this year, that pothole or slough will dry up. There's green stuff in there. The cattle want to graze. So guess what? They go into that dry, uh, previously wet area, and that is where the spores have accumulated. So there's we consider that be a higher risk in times like this. Dr. Wilkins cautions cattle aren't the only animals impacted by anthrax. That's right. Bison are particularly susceptible to it. Uh, it takes much fewer bacteria to cause an infection in a bison than, than it does a cow. Uh, and it can kill them very, very quickly. So there are other animals that are also susceptible, but it again, it takes even more bacteria, so they don't get it as often, uh, such as horses or pigs or sheep. Dogs and cats are quite resistant, uh, but if they get enough of it, they can still get it too. She explains the best way to dispose of an animal carcass that dies from anthrax. What we want to do is get rid of any spores, um, so that they're not laying around and wait for the next animal to come up and get exposed. Now, we're never going to get them all, but we reduce the contamination as much as possible. 
when there is an anthrax case, we do put a, put a provincial quarantine on the premises. And then part of that quarantine is directions to properly dispose of the carcass and clean and disinfect as much as possible uh, anything that may have come into contact with that carcass, including the soil. We prefer burning. Uh, burning uh, high heat is one of the things that does kill these anthrax spores. But in times like this with drought conditions and high fire risk, uh, that's often a risk that we just can't take. So in those situations, what we want to do is deep burial. Bury them deep enough that they're not going to be dug up again by scavengers or, or accidental digging. And once that's done, thoroughly disinfect everything to the best of their abilities and the quarantine can be removed. Dr. Wilkins says a livestock producer should take immediate action if they believe they have an animal that may have died of anthrax. They should call their veterinarian. Uh, you don't know for sure uh, until it's tested. Sometimes we can't test it. Sometimes by the time you find that dead animal, there's not much left of it. The coyotes and other scavengers will have gotten to it. Uh, but whenever possible, you should call the veterinarian out there and get a, get a diagnosis. They can test it, and if it's negative, then you have the peace of mind knowing that it's not anthrax. But if you don't get it tested, you'll never know. She suggests vaccinating your cattle against anthrax. There is a very good vaccine for anthrax. It is very protective when it is used. Unfortunately, a lot of producers around Saskatchewan don't think to use it because they haven't had anthrax that they know of in their area. Uh, so they don't think they're at, risk for, they're at risk for it. But it does pop up almost anywhere in the, in the province. There's no predicting where it's going to show up. I advise producers to vaccinate for anthrax, uh, talk to the veterinarian about it, and if you are in a known high-risk area, then definitely do not skip your anthrax vaccine for your cattle. And Dr. Wilkins says the vaccine is not that expensive. The actual cost of the vaccine itself is a little more expensive than your usual clostridial or black leg vaccines, uh, but whether it's $2 or $3 a dose per animal, you know, it, it, if even if you just save one animal, it's paid for itself. I think it's worth it. Dr. Wendy Wilkins is a disease surveillance veterinarian with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. A case of anthrax has been confirmed in a cow found dead in the RM of Cody in the Camsack area. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 184.90 today. That's up 10 December live cattle closed at 188.17, down 30. October feeder cattle closed at 252.25, down 162. November feeder cattle closed at 254.80, down 207. October lean hogs closed at 82.12, that's up 50. December lean hogs closed at 72.77, up 42. And that's the livestock market conditions. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 76%, which is ahead of the five-year average of 64%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Yeah, once again, we're just a little bit behind the provincial average. So northwest average is 74% harvested. So that's uh, largely on account of just having had a 
nice string of very good days for harvest. We had uh, minimal precipitation over the region, uh, a bit of localized rains here and there. But as far as the weather stations uh, captured, we saw four-tenths of an inch as the max in McCreary uh, on the east side of the park, and then several stations reporting zero. So, uh, you know, that also coming alongside of uh, the some of the daytime highs were as high as 28 degrees, which is pretty uh, generous for the end of September. And uh, But some lows uh, overnight of 1.1 degrees Celsius, for example, at Inglis. So, Definitely some heavy dews that uh, may be a little slow in the morning, but harvest definitely uh, jumped forward by a good a good amount. So we saw uh, spring wheat, um, you know, is sitting at 98% now harvested. So a few odd fields here and there. Uh, barley and oats, 99%. And uh, the big jump this week has been for canola. So we saw a big increase uh, up to about 75% harvested there. And actually, some some small amounts of soybean that were harvested in the eastern parts of the region. So that overall brings us to 74% harvested for the uh, for the region. As for yields, yeah, yields seem to be doing well. Um, you know, we're we're seeing uh, wheat yields that are slightly above average. So we have, despite the lack of moisture, we see that you know they tend to land in that 50 to 75 bushel per acre range, uh, although we've seen some up to 90 or even more. So uh, those would definitely be reflective of the, the higher yields would be reflective of areas that just managed to get those those sweet rains every time they needed one. Another thing that we've seen, uh, winter wheat has been going in and uh, uh, rye presumably as well. So those uh, light rains that we've had lately are helping to bring it out of the ground and establish that crop. Fry notes much of the combine straw is being baled in northwest Manitoba. That's right. We've seen a bunch of baling going on, and uh, you know, I, but uh, I think the other consideration is, um, you know, probably the the producers that are uh, that are realizing that that not every week is going to be like this past week, and so probably targeting more of the energy and time towards getting canola off the field. Um, but definitely, we've seen we have definitely seen balers and. Um, and trucks moving bales around. So, you know, as far as canola goes, uh, like I said, we've we've seen about 75% done. Um, that's kind of an average because if you head a little bit further south of where I am located in, in Roblin, we see closer to Russell. Some guys are, are totally done, So, but some are only about 60% done or so. So it's it's really kind of an average there to say 75. And in terms of the yields, um, Still seeing around that 40 to 55 bushel per acre mark, some lower on lighter land and some higher uh, where the rains were and uh, where maybe the, the fields are a bit better to start with. So, you know, 40 to 55 is what we're seeing. He believes most crops in northwest Manitoba have now been desiccated. I think it's safe to say that that's probably wrapped up. Um, you know, there may be a few of those later fields uh, that were seeded much later uh, and that have only just reached that point, um, but those would definitely be the odd fields out. And I mentioned as well that we're seeing a bit of uh, soy harvest going on. Um, what isn't um, harvested yet is sitting at that R8 stage, which is basically just to say it's fully mature, and there's an expectation that um, more harvest would be would begin in a big way this week. And some early yield forecasts for soybeans is in the 30 to 35 range, 
which is quite respectable, uh, all things considered. You know, we have seen some um, some years where it goes up to, you know, 40, 40, you know, even 45 is not a, unheard of. But 30 to 35 is definitely a respectable yield considering how much rain we had or rather said, um, alternatively said, did not have this year. Fry also comments on the latest forage conditions. We do see that... Uh, uh, you know, corn silage is underway or wrapped up for a lot of areas. Uh, yields there are range into that 13 to 15 range, some lower in 13 to 15 tons per acre, uh, some lower, some higher. Uh, and uh, as we kind of near the end of uh, that critical phase for alfalfa, some producers are uh, considering taking a second cut of that or a late cut of that because of the fact that the roots have kind of recharged or stored up enough energy and minimal regrowth would be expected at this time of year. So that's something that uh, livestock producers are looking at. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation of Ducks Unlimited Canada. Ducks is offering a new winter wheat program package that will help with your crop's yield and water retention. The winter cereal program package comes with agronomic advice from seeding to harvest and more. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up rather sharply right across the board today. November canola closed at 726.10 up $11.90. January canola closed at $734.70, up $11.40. December Minneapolis wheat closed at $7.50 and three quarters, down 15 and three quarters of a cent. December Kansas City wheat closed at $6.94 and a half, down 16 cents. December Chicago wheat Closed at 5.79 and a half, down nine and a half cents. December corn closed at 4.83 and a quarter, up three and a half cents. November soybeans closed at 13.03 and a quarter, up a half a cent. December oats closed at 4.37 and a quarter, up four and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. Ongoing tension between Canada and India is being watched closely by the president and CEO of AGT Foods, Murad Al-Khatib. Earlier this month, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said there was credible intelligence that India had a role in the killing of a prominent Sikh leader in B.C. who was also a Canadian citizen. India replied by accusing Canada of harboring terrorists. The back and forth has led to trade talks between the two countries cooling down. Speaking at the launch of the AGT Food Bank Crop Exchange Program last week, Al-Khatib is optimistic things will change for the better. Geopolitical risks are, are a major part of agriculture. And uh, you know, yeah, the current uh, crisis between Canada and India is something we're watching very, very closely. You know, we're, we're really quite certain that you know, in the end, after all of the political issues are more visible, you know, the people of Canada and India have a long-term partnership that, that works for both nations. And, you know, we have arable land and water that India doesn't have. 
we have farmers that are able to produce at scale at the lowest cost and highest quality, and India needs the food. And so from that perspective, we're optimistic that politics will remain politics, and you know, the basic essential access to staple foods and commodities and food inflation is the most relevant political issue in the world today. So we, you know, we're hoping that calm heads prevail on the political sides, and that people, like we're having in this program, in India and in other nations, have access to the food that they need. Al-Khatib also says the world, from a geopolitical standpoint, is completely different now. The Russia-Ukraine crisis uh, complicates availability. Central Asian drought and, uh, and rains and harvest have ruined crops in Central Asia and Central Europe. Canada, we still had a drought-affected crop this year, but we are part of the solution for the world. And I'm optimistic that the, the geopolitics and the current situation, you know, give a chance that agriculture and food should be left out. I mean, in every crisis in the world, even when we impose the strictest economic sanctions on a country, we exclude basic foods from those sanctions. Politics have to have heads to make sure that the, the basic staple foods flow to the people that need them. Prime Minister Trudeau has also called on India to cooperate with Canada's investigation. Please stay tuned. We'll announce our winner of Week 7 of GX94 Supper in the Field coming up right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskang Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's Week 7 of the Harvest Edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We had 325 entries yesterday, and I called our lucky winner this morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Is this Bill? It is so, yep. Hey, Bill. Doug Falconer calling from GX94 in Yorkton. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well. Yourself? Good, good. The reason I'm okay. calling is we drew your name for supper in the field. Awesome. Are you going to be in the field today? Uh, yep, we should be, yep. Excellent. Well, we'll bring you out some supper. How does that sound? That'd be awesome. That's Bill Probilski. He farms in the Willowbrook area. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Sask Milk, LDC, Gowan Canada, Milligan Bio, Jump.ca, Maple Ag and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Break, Yorkton Auction Centre, The Chalet Restaurant, and Razor Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. Farm Bulletin Board. The 50th Manitoba Ag-X and host of the Nationals is set to take place October 25th through the 28th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon, Manitoba. The deadline for cattle entries is October 1st, so don't wait to secure your spot. Come visit Manitoba's largest all-breed cattle show, and if you're looking for something to do in between shows, take a look at some of the other events they have going on. They'll have the MB Agex Trade Show, showcasing exhibitors from all across Canada. It's free for all to attend, located in City Square. Uh, there is Party in the Dirt, featuring live music. And uh, well, there will also be the Manitoba Sheep Association is bringing back the Sheep so uh, Show and Sale for its second year. You can wander on down to the Exhibition Hall to see all that they have to offer. 
And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny, winds south-southwest at 15 to 25 and gusting higher, a high of 21 degrees. For tonight, increasing cloud with a 40% chance of showers toward morning. Winds south-southeast at 15 to 30, then diminishing, a low of 11. For tomorrow, a 70% chance of early spotty showers, then partly cloudy. Winds west-southwest at 20 to 35, a high of 19, an overnight low of 4. For Friday, partly to mainly sunny. Winds south-southwest at 10 to 20, and a high of 20. For Saturday, a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of a late shower, a high of 19. Sunday, a 30% chance of isolated showers, a high of 16. In the Paw and Roblin, it's 19 degrees. Swan River, 21. Dauphin, 23. Brandon, 22. Show Lake Russell, 20. Regina, Saskatoon, and Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington are all reporting in at 20 degrees. Hudson Bay is at 17. Broadview, Mooseman, 15. Indian Head, 18. The Yorkton-Melville region has a cloudy sky, a south-southeast wind at 26, gusting to 35 kilometers an hour. 77% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 16 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg Today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. SaskAg Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.